I keep saying every every one I do is like this is my last one. <laughs> I and every, every, it's kind of a running joke now. So I'm like these these next two are my definitely my last two, and everybody's like, uh huh. Welcome to Drop the Disc. Thank you for joining us for this very special episode with local restauranteur Sean White. Sean is the founder of the Frog Hollow Group, which includes many restaurants that you may have heard of. But his beginning was very humble. Yeah, I just really wanted to, to have a place that I knew where every ingredient was coming from. We go through Sean's restaurants from his humble start in Edgefield to the Frog Hollow Tavern, Farmhouse, and more. And we're previewing some pretty exciting additions yet to come. I mean, you may see like a fried chicken ramen bowl or something. And of course, a hot topic. How was their recovery from COVID-19? I, I couldn't even leave the line to use the restroom. I literally stayed on the line cooking from the time we opened till the time we closed. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Drop the Disc podcast recorded right here at Augusta Podcast Studio. Thank you to Sean for taking the time. We are really excited for you to hear about these new restaurants coming to Augusta very soon. And of course, this is the time when I get to tell you guys that this episode, like every episode, is presented by Nancy Powell at Powell & Associates. Now, the summer's heating up. We all know that that means real estate is heating up as well. And in this market, I'll be honest, I don't think most people know what's going on. If you are interested in buying, selling, renting, or just learning information about real estate, Nancy Powell needs to be your first call. Not only is she extremely knowledgeable, well-connected in the community, she sponsors programs like ours, the Young Professionals. She's involved in the Metro Chamber of Commerce. We love Nancy because she is all about Augusta. And if you want to contact her, just give her a call. She will answer any of your questions. She's not even going to charge you for it. It's 706-717-1281. Hey, guys. I'm Chris. Hey, guys. I'm David. And uh, we're Drop the Disc Podcast. Uh, if y'all are not hungry right now, you <laughs> will probably be... Uh, Thirsty for some local foods downtown. Yeah, give it like 20 minutes at the most, probably. Right. Just hearing what he ate for breakfast, I'm hungry already. But uh, today we are here with... Sean White, owner of the Frog Hollow Hospitality Group. And Sean, uh, just before we kind of dive into things, give us like a general overview, like the thousand foot view of what is the Frog Hollow Hospitality Group? Well, the, I mean, it's a group of five restaurants, soon to be seven, um, that uh, kind of center on hospitality and good local food and using as much local produce and uh, purveyors as we can to kind of serve the community. And uh, for listeners out there that may not have grown up in the city, what restaurants are under the umbrella of the hospitality group? Yeah. Well, our flagship or or first one was Frog Hollow Tavern. Then we opened up uh, the two farmhouses and then uh, Craft and Vine and then uh, Frog in the Hat and finally. Awesome, so. and and there is rumors on the street, and we'll get to those later about two new restaurants. Yeah, you mentioned seven. We'll have to get <laughs> yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah, but we'll save that for the end. We got to have people listening all the way through. That's right. So, uh, Sean, we're going to get into all of that, and and especially the two restaurants that are going to open. We're really excited to hear that. But we like to start off by giving people an introduction to you and your personal background. And so we like to start off with this question, which is, are you from Augusta? No, I'm actually not. I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and uh, moved up here in 
89 to Edgefield, South Carolina, from Orlando. So uh, what was the occasion to move up? I mean, how much of your uh, early life was in Florida? Well, I mean, my entire early life was. That's where I grew up. And then my dad is from Beaufort, and he loved coming to Edgefield when he was a teenager working on farms out there. So he always had an affinity for wanting to move up there. So okay. quite a culture shock from you I'm know, sure. early yeah. high school to move up from Orlando to Edgefield. But now I live out there, and I love it. Big city. So you yeah. graduated at high school in Orlando. No, and at Strom Thurmond High School. At Strom Thurmond. Okay. okay. Yep. Very cool. Oh man, that must have been crazy. Yeah. Ninety one. <laughs> Dating myself. So at that time, um, you know, what were your interests? Like obviously like right now, hospitality and food is something that is a major piece of your life. Was that what you wanted to do when you were younger? Uh, I mean, I started working in restaurants and actually it was Damon's the place for ribs on Washington road in 1990. And, um, wow. I've done restaurant work ever since. That was a drive <clears throat> too. It was a drive, but there was not much to do in Edgefield, you know? <laughs> so true. Not, not many restaurants at the time there. Fair point. So, uh, so you, you said you worked in restaurants since 90. That was, you were a senior in high school. I was a junior, junior in high mm-hmm. school, and uh, did you did you end up going to college after that, or what, what? I mean, I tried. I went to a few different colleges actually, and a few different majors. And take us through that path. Take us through like what you thought you might want to do, and then how that may have changed as you went. Well, I mean, I was an English major at one time, and then I did environmental studies because I'm I'm an avid outdoorsman. I love to do anything outdoors, okay. and I right. live on a pretty large farm in Edgefield, and um, love to fish and hunt and. I've always have, you know, just anything related to outside, really. Well, it sounds like you're kind of an idealist, like you're doing the environmental studies. You know, uh, literature is such an idealist thing to study because it's it's very interesting um, while you're doing it, at least. When you ended up graduating, what did you end up uh, deciding on? Graduating high school? College. <clears throat> oh, I never you, graduated. I, I, never, okay. I never did graduate college. I, okay. I just, uh, you know... Never could really pinpoint exactly what I wanted to do. And gotcha. I was like, man, I've been working in restaurants for, you know, <laughs> six or seven years now. I think this is what I want to do. Yeah, so I'm pretty good at it. I um, decided to go to culinary school. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I did that in 98. What school was that? Uh, Fort Lauderdale Art Institute. So okay. I moved down, back down to Florida. Okay. You know, I thought I would miss it. I actually moved back down right after I graduated high school for a year or two and worked at Disney for about a year and a half. How was that? It was awesome. We just we just did a Disney trip a couple weeks ago. It was awesome. Did Not you? the two of us, him and his wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you check out the new Star Wars? Yes, thing? the new Star so I'm Wars. I'm like a Star Wars nerd. Incredible. But. It was, but it wasn't as cool as Pandora. That, that ride is awesome. Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, Pandora, they outdid themselves. Yeah. It's about a three-hour wait last time I was there to get on it. <laughs> hey, so I man. imagine you probably did better if you just went recently. Man, it was a 40-minute wait. Yeah. <laughs> That's worth it. Yeah. It's worth a, it. It's an awesome ride. But Disney is actually one of the companies that has influenced me tremendously throughout the years on um, how we treat people. Right. And our, our guest philosophy. Once you come out of their training class, you're like, <clears throat> you know, bending over backwards to do what you can for yeah. the guests that come into your establishments. Absolutely. Or, you know, at the park there, their, their training is, you know, they just, I don't know how they do it. I wish I could duplicate it. They make you appreciate every dollar that somebody saves to come to that park for you know because don't take it for granted you know right. that's something i tell my right. staff all the time so people 
choose to come here, you know, you need to be appreciative of everybody that comes in the door. Absolutely. And that, that really has molded a philosophy on how we kind of look at our guests. Definitely. They're not customers or guests. You, you let them bring in food and water like Disney does. <laughs> but well, that, that, that kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something that our friend of the show, uh, former guest Michael Wolf, um, who used to work at Disney, that's something that he was very big on when we, when we interviewed him. I, I think that it's important to be able to take things from those other experiences and, you know, you take them home with you type thing. When you were in culinary school, um, like, for example, the one here – they have like a uh, like a resort management program. Like sometimes you uh-huh. learn. Was there any specific track? Like uh, obviously, like chef was kind of your main focus, right? Yeah, I mean, I just I'd always worked in the front of the house, which <clears throat> if you're not familiar with restaurant terms, that yeah. literally means you're not in the kitchen. You're in the front. So hospitality so, was your yeah, focus. Yeah. So okay. I, I worked at a lot of really good restaurants before I went to culinary school and. Um, you know, some old Augusta restaurants and then some in Atlanta and some in uh, Central Florida that really kind of help help me get to where I am today too if you're I mean I always knew I wanted to learn how to cook so I've done, literally done every job there is to do in the restaurant business you know starting from a busboy to dishwasher which I think has also helped make me successful and my team successful is because I can do any job in the restaurant business right yeah so so you what year did you graduate culinary school? 98. 98. Mm-hmm. And did you move back to Edgefield, or did you stick around in Florida a little bit? No, I moved. I graduated there and then moved to Atlanta. I worked at a restaurant called Canoe, which okay. is an awesome restaurant. It's just an institution in Vinings area there, and it's still there. <clears throat> it's one of the best places to have brunch in Atlanta if you're ever there. So that's kind of the specialty? Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're just on the river and awesome views and gotcha. right. So, but their their food and uh, service is second to none in Atlanta, and um, you know that experience helped mold when I did come back to Edgefield. I, that's the first place I opened a restaurant was in 1999 in Edgefield. Wow, <clears throat> yep. First time I ever actually cooked too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like you know, I never worked in the back of the house because I was always stuck in the front trying to make money. Right, right. You know, and back then, um, you know, kitchens didn't pay as well as they do now. Right. What was it called? The Old Edgefield Grill. The Old Edgefield <laughs> Grill. Is it still there? It is. One of my old uh, servers actually runs it now with his wife. Excellent. And so, w- what kind of food was it? It was about really the same thing that I do at Frog Hollow Tavern. I Just have to a, check this out. <clears throat> um, farm to table, fresh Yeah, food. that's how I met a lot of my farmers that mm-hmm. we deal with nowadays mm-hmm. is because I was out there and they come in to eat and just bring me stuff and that was kind of before the farm to table term was coined you know right absolutely so they just would bring me truckloads of stuff literally so use it because it was free right you know small restaurant trying to make do that's kind of how I got into doing the local stuff okay and and it's kind of interesting because you you have this path where it, it doesn't seem like you know, food was the major ingredient in a lot of things that you were doing because service was a big part. Mm-hmm. But you were also farming earlier in your life, so you kind of have this holistic view by the time you open this restaurant. How did that help? Did that help you with, like, knowing what kind of food to get or, or anything like that? Well, I mean, you just get what's available. Okay. Seasonal, you know. So, so you just walked in and you are saying, I'm going to open a very realistic restaurant that's going to be pretty good. 
and, and we're going to use fresh food, and we're yeah. just going to see what we can do. And took, then took and a couple of cookbooks and yeah, couple yeah. Of cookbooks. I mean, um, I, kn- I knew how to cook. If you're if you're a good server, like at a restaurant yeah. where you work at, you know how every dish is made. Right. So you know, I learned a lot working at different restaurants in the front of the house. Yeah. Just paying attention to what was going on. Okay. So that one you opened in 1999. How long were you the? Uh, how long did you operate it? Till 2009. So about 10 years. Wow. Wow. And it, what what was the catalyst to get out of that? Right. Um, I just wanted another challenge. Really. I mean, I enjoyed Edgefield, and I met so many great people there, and reconnected with a lot of people I knew from my high school days that I hadn't seen, and. Um, you know, during that time, I started doing some catering in Augusta for the Masters tournament. I mean, not for the national, but right. for, for people. Yeah, for people. And I kind of saw the market over here, and I had a good friend, John Beck, who, uh, you know, we did some hunting together. And he said, "Man, restaurant over in Augusta shut down. You ought to get it." And I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll give it a whirl." And he actually sent me a bunch of people when we first opened, and was a great friend and helped helped us get going well. And so the Frog Hollow Tavern was the first location downtown that you mm-hmm. took a stab at. Yep. Was, and you nailed it. <laughs> we tried. That's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I think we keep it edible. What so. restaurant did that used to be? Just for the Broad Street Market, I think. Broad Street Market. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're at a pretty good time to kind of talk about some history that you were kind of giving us before we started this recording. Oh, yeah. Frog Hollow, where does that name come from? Actually, an old neighborhood that's was situated over there where MCG is and um, kind of across from the old Kroger where the old Sears building. Yeah. There was actually a pond, like a little uh, wetland pond, and they called it Frog Hollow because of the frogs at night. But Does that, that was the name exist? of the neighborhood. Does it still <coughs> exist? It doesn't still exist, but they still have neighborhood reunions for Frog Hollow. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Do you host yep. them? I assume no. you would have to, right? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't host them, but I'd, I'd be happy to. What inspired you to name it after that that area? Well, I was reading uh, Dr. Cashin's book on all the historical things downtown, and I just kind of liked it because it was a little different. And yeah, you know, and um, wanted to kind of we were Frog Hollow would actually kind of right be on the very tip of the Frog Hollow, old okay. Frog Hollow district. Okay, gotcha. and each area downtown had its own names back then, so it was a really cool part of history. I thought. You were kind of touching on that before we started recording. We didn't really know that. <laughs> I could had you, no clue. Could you tell us about the? I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but could you tell us about what those those different districts were? I could tell you a little bit. I'm certainly not a historian. We'll but have to get a historian to yeah confirm all this. There's a little bit of land um, on to the right of Calhoun up there by the canal, and that was called Lick Skillet. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then downtown. One uh, word or two words. I, if you're from the south, I think it's one word, it's one right? Word. Yeah. Here, Let's yeah. kill it. But um, <laughs> down here where we are was called pinch cut because all the ladies wore the corsets, the tight corsets down here. Pinch cut. I think Lick Pinch Skillet, Gut. that would have been the second restaurant name, right? If it that would have been still, a good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be a breakfast place. Yeah. That'd be a good place. That's, that's basically where the um, canal tours and all that, that little area over there. Interesting. Gotcha. On the other side of the butt bridge. <laughs> that's very cool i had no clue yeah and i'm no sure idea. no one else did no i think everybody's gonna order that book on amazon <laughs> yeah i mean it's a good good book on augusta you should know where you live yeah absolutely you know? we'll be right back with more restaurant talk but first is anybody doing anything on july 10th let me tell you something right now 
That's right. There's a new beer coming from Savannah River Brewery, Son of Kong, which will be released on July 10th, the day after my birthday at Luau Fest at Savannah River Brewing Company. Why not? Let's all celebrate. Let's have a good time. And let's drink great beer. The same great beer that we're drinking on this episode, guys. We're telling you, we would not drink anything that we would not enjoy, and we enjoy every sip out of this Savannah River Brewing beer. Check them out, savannahriverbrew.com, Savannah River Brew on their Instagram and Facebook. That's where you can get all the details of what's happening throughout the week. Check them out. So you opened you opened this restaurant in two thousand or in two thousand uh, in two thousand ten ten yeah. Which I was took, I took a year off and just okay. did catering and. Um, Ran a couple of those hospitality houses across from the National back in the day. And awesome. You must have a lot of interesting experiences from doing catering and doing master's stuff. Yeah, I've got some horror stories and some great stories. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. <laughs> I, try, I try not to do much catering anymore. I, uh, we've been fortunate enough to partner up with uh, Mercedes for master's for the last seven or eight years. Wow. That's pretty much all I do. And then, wow. Do you have any um, fun stories to share with the listeners? I mean, there's... Plenty of good stories from them. <laughs> they they bring in a lot of good talent. And some you know they do. Yeah, like Hootie and uh, Charles Kelly. He's a Hootie comes in every. He's usually every other year or something. He at least makes a one night appearance. And Mercedes is they house <coughs> up into Westlake, right? No, that's out at uh, River Island. River Island. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that's a quite awesome. They could pull anybody that they want yeah. to do mm-hmm. food, and if they chose gonna, to go local. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's a good partnership. They're great, great people to work with. I'm sure. So how long was Frog Hollow open and you were operating it before? Well, actually, I want to I want to take a take a step back. When you opened Frog Hollow originally, was it the same kind of mentality as the Edgefield Grill, where it was like we're gonna serve whatever's fresh, or did you make a menu? How did that process go? Uh, yeah, I'm just made a menu. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's same philosophy. I just wanted to use what's seasonal and okay. you know what what I could get my hands on at the time. And what was your like your you know your coup d'état? Like, what was the thing that you were like really you know that thing at the menu that that was like the special gotta, that you would tell people to get? Gotta be the uh, the mac and cheese. I mean, that's. That's been on the menu since we opened. That, that and the <laughs> shrimp incredible. grits. But, you know, we do everything from scratch here, like make our own sausages and bacon and all that. So even a dish like our shrimp and grits, it's something special because it's made with homemade sausage and house-made bacon. And, you know, we smoke all our own meats and cure it, things. When you chose that location, at the time, the F&B community was not what it is today. No. And the recession that, had just happened. Right. Yeah, how, oh, many, how many re- restaurants were down here? There were a few. I mean, you had Eric with Bee's Knees. The Bowl Weevil had been down here for years. I think Whiskey Bar opened up just shortly after Frog Hollow. I think Hollow. that was after you. Yeah, but before Farmhouse, I think. Or we were right at the right. same time. I think that's right. But, you know, they do a great job. And um, Luigi's has been down here True. for a long time. Yes. Sports Center. Sports Center. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't leave them out. Yeah, no, I, Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I wish I could get away with that, you know. <laughs> So how long were you operating Frog Hollow before you decided, you know, it's time for the next challenge? Or did you see an opportunity? Like, what was your mindset before opening the second restaurant? I mean, I've always thought that downtown Augusta was, and so is everybody else, it's about to explode, you know? Yeah. It's been uh, about to expl- explode for like 15 years. Yeah. Uh, 2010, <clears throat> 2008, that yeah. you know? Yeah. But I was, it was about two years afterwards. I just wanted you know, 
I basically open up things that I want to go eat at, you know. That so it makes sense. I didn't have anywhere to get a burger other than Sports Center at the time and a, and a cold beer. That was too far for me to walk all the time, so I saw the building coming. <laughs> it is a long walk. It is a long walk. You don't you think know. it is, and then you start sweating. Yeah, it gets a lot longer July, August, and September. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just saw the need, you know, and uh, first week we opened up Farmhouse was it was crazy. I mean, we had a line wrapped around the door in the side of the building, and I, I couldn't even leave the line to use the restroom. I literally stayed on the line cooking from the time we opened till the time we closed. And the second day, we had to shut down in the middle of the second day because we ran through all our prep. Ooh. So I totally underestimated the demand that was yeah for that. <laughs> Absolutely. That one, that one's interesting too, farmhouse because you have two locations of farmhouse, and obviously mm-hmm. that's the only one that you have two locations of. You know, farmhouse is also a little bit interesting because when you look at like a frog hollow, it's very unique, right? You make everything from scratch, uh, and I'm sure farmhouse is very similar, but farmhouse seems like it's more of an idea that could grow easier. Yeah, I it's guess. definitely more franchisable um, than it's it's. You know, Frog Hollow and Craft and Vine and yeah. even the Hen, and uh, they're, they're all chef-driven. Right. And and farmhouses, too. <clears throat> I mean, you know, when I said I wanted to open a burger place, I wanted to open a burger place where I knew where the meat was coming from. Right. Uh, we got our all our bread sourced locally from Atlanta, brought to us from a, a baker that we knew, H&F, Holman and Finch. Um, they were our first partners. And, um, you know, I used as much local produce as I can get in that restaurant and even take some of my eggs up there when I can't eat them all from my farm. Um, but yeah, I just really wanted to to have a place that I knew where every ingredient was coming from. Right. And, and and it's also something that it's easy. It's an easy lunch. It's an easy dinner. You got boozy shakes. You got the shakes. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, it's your, it's like a, a, it's a great spot to go, but I'm curious the name. Was it originally supposed to be pronounced from Haas? Well, yeah, kind of, <clears throat> kind of like for a beer garden, you know. Right. Yeah. Throw a little bit of that German absolutely influence and in it. That just comes from it being farm to table. Is it mm-hmm. farm to table at at farmhouse? Yeah, it's it's as much as we can do it. I mean, I know, I single source all the beef from mm-hmm. regional farms, and um, you know we use all organic produce. And most a lot of that's grown in Atlanta and greenhouses um, at two certain farms. We're right outside of Atlanta, but yeah, we try to use as much. You know, all our chicken comes from a local farm, and um, I'd say local, but it's North Carolina, but it's it's all... Kind of regional. Yeah, antibiotic and hormone-free. And right. It's not Tyson's. No, it's not Tyson's. <laughs> it's not coming out of Gainesville. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> My friend's dad works at that plant, actually. I've heard some things that make me happy to hear what you're saying yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. We take all... I mean, we, we take pride in everything we do over there, We, you know, along with everywhere that you know, the group owns, but we brought brought our chicken breasts over there. I mean, we try to do everything right, you know. So with that one being such a, like, unique from the others in that it could be more scalable more easily, do you see kind of a scaled future for that outside of you guys running it? I don't think so. I mean, I've been approached many times to franchise it, but. I'm sure. I've always had my hands full, and I wanted to keep the quality up. You know, I've seen other – businesses franchise out and it just doesn't 
they kind of lose a little bit of that right. hands-on. That original, yeah. So, I've, I have been thinking about looking at the Columbia market in South Carolina to open one, but that they would, would still be run it. by me. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, I wouldn't franchise it out. We'll be right back with more of Sean White in Augusta Podcast Studio. But first, here's a quick message about our friends at the Clubhouse. The Clubhouse is a co-working space located in the Cyber Center, uh, but they're a lot more than that. Um, they give entrepreneurs, small businesses, big businesses that need space, the opportunity to present themselves, network with each other, and create really, really cool relationships. The Clubhouse was one of our first customers when we started our company, Augusta Podcast, and they do the same for all of their friends and their clients. You should definitely learn more about them and what they're doing in Augusta, including the new work programs, the job programs that they have going on in conjunction with the Cyber Center, as well as the coding boot camp. There's too much stuff going on to say in 30 seconds, so check them out at theclubhow.se. So now we have to get to restaurant number three, which this is already a ridiculous episode because we're only halfway through and we're at restaurant number three. Um, uh Tell us about that. Tell us about, you know, moving. What was the next step after Farmhouse? What what led you to take that step? Well, honestly, we bought the building with um, a buddy of mine who uh, is actually one of my, uh, well, he's a good friend, but he's also the guy that gives us most of the produce that we use from Titan Farms. Gotcha. And we, uh, I looked at the space down there, and I was like, well, I don't want a restaurant that's 8,000 square feet. <laughs> so we, we had planned when we bought the building to do two restaurants. Okay. Um, we were just going to open one, open farmhouse first and then do Craft and Mine. So Craft and Mine kind of came around. The idea was uh, I went to Atlanta. I can't remember the name of the pizza place right now. But they had a pizza, a wood-fired pizza there called the El Diablo. And basically that was the whole reason to open Craft and Mine. So I could have that spicy pizza. <laughs> I call it the spicy one. Honestly, man, that is a good pizza, by the way. We've got tons of friends that go to Craft and Vine. But they don't go for the pizza. They're doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. I go, go for the pizza. I don't the, understand those people. My wife yeah. and I go there for the poutine and then the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I, the two I take that home far more than I should. <laughs> you know. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so Craft and Vine, what is the kind of, you know, what is the kind of like ethos of Craft and Vine? Well, it's, you know. Aside from delicious pizza, which we can well, all agree on. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of money in the. When I opened that, buying some wine machines. Yeah. So we have like 50-something yeah. glasses that are available there. It and does obviously, give you like yeah. a very upscale kind of a feeling as soon as you walk in mm-hmm. and look it, around. It's almost yeah. like a speakeasy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a little bit of the inspiration. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the one of our team members, Jennifer Crap, who is from Atlanta, she was pushing really hard to put it in more of that direction. But I didn't think Augusta was ready for like – a you know, red door, or don't, you know, no sign <laughs> yeah. type right. thing, you know. Right. And um, what yeah. kind of feedback did you get when Craft and Vine opened? Because I understand the other two. The other two, you can easily pitch, you know, it's like these are being done, you know, here and in other places. And they're, you know, they're and very similar needed. to models. Yeah, it, it's like it was everybody need. loves burgers. Everybody mm-hmm. loves, you know, this classic mac and cheese and grits and all this stuff. But Farmhouse is a little bit different than Kraft really. Craft. Oh, wow. Farmhouse is also different, but Craft and Vine <laughs> is different really than most other restaurants in this area. And probably when you opened it, all other restaurants in this area. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the, what we wanted to do. Did I mean, people think Augusta was ready for that? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, they all, they all, the, we got a lot in the comments. People say, well, I don't feel like I'm in Augusta, you know? Yeah. Which, you know, I, I kind of like that, and then I don't, you know, because we are in Augusta. And, right. I, you know, I love the name of y'all's podcast. It's something I've been saying since, you know, way back when, we know, even, even before I even opened. Right. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, people loved it. I mean, it was well-received. It's, um, you know, got a pretty good following of regulars that come yeah. every week. So it's, I'm very pleased with it. Shout out to Calvin. Yeah, yeah. we love Calvin. Um, we love Sandy, obviously. She's really involved with all of them. But uh, I think especially her creativity kind of shows that the, like, the Mardi Gras, the Mardi Gras thing that y'all do is fantastic. But yeah, it's always a lot of fun. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what makes the group. It's not... It's nothing, I mean, I definitely had an influence on it, but it's all our staff members, you know, yeah. and we've had awesome people over the years. I mean, you know, it's just been a blessing to meet so many cool people and help them grow in their craft and their business. I, I think it, it's a good time to real quick say, you know, it's one man that has these inspirations to do these different restaurants. They're similar with the farm to table. But they're completely different yeah, that's concepts. Yeah, kind of where it stops yep. being similar, yeah. right there. Completely different concepts. And you're right; the people that work there just know how to embrace everybody. Yeah. It's a great time at yeah. every restaurant. Well, that's why, as we've grown, you know, we created like a center company, the hospitality group. Yeah, that's because it's all about the hospitality. Absolutely. And I'm just curious, and I guess we'll probably get into this a little more as we talk about the more more restaurants, but. Does each location have like a chef or an operator that kind of runs that location and then you're kind of over the locations? Yep, that's pretty much how it works. I mean, okay. every kitchen has its own general manager and, and every front of the house, you know, what every, every restaurant does too. And then you've got me and then Adrian Bear has been with me since we've opened pretty much. Um, almost, I think he's been with us about nine years, almost ten. And, um, you know, he's kind of like my right-hand man. <clears throat> he started off as a sous chef, and now he kind of oversees all the restaurants along with me. Okay. So. And then, of course, we need to talk about the next place. <laughs> I'm like a broken record well, now. Well, this one is interesting because it's what, what came, obviously Farmhouse 2 came mm-hmm. first. Yeah. But the location yeah. that y'all chose, it, it was nothing before. My wife and I lived in townhomes back there for about six years, yeah. and there was nothing there. Great location, fantastic, <laughs> close location. enough to Columbia County, but it's still it's on the it, line. It is it's it's on the two hundred yards inside but Columbia County, so right, it is Columbia County. It's right off the exit. Yeah, it's right off. People I-20. are always like, "We want you to come open Colum- restaurant Columbia County." It's like I got two. Technically, I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So. so, what made you want to go and choose those locations, and then we can jump into the number fourth restaurant? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we um at Frog Hollow, we just have a lot of good regulars, and one of them was the McKnight family and they, mm-hmm. they own that property out there and they asked me to take a look at it and I was like, yeah. So they, I mean, it helps when you wow. have CC's next door. I mean, people yeah. are going to choose farmhouse <laughs> over CC's. Well, yeah. that used to be the thing of driving down that street. It's like, do I want to go to Sonic or do I want to wait 45 minutes at Zaxby's or that's pretty much all I can do. And now there's kind of been stuff that's moved in like yeah. Diablos and all that. But, you know, putting that there, that's like the only sit down location really on that on that street so. right yeah it's it's killed it out there uh, it does almost twice the volume that downtown does well i'm sure it's hard to find a place to uh enjoy alcoholic beverages like farmhouse can can be made to do 
in Columbia County. So I'm sure yeah. that's playing a little. I think bit that's changing part. a little bit. I, I, yeah. I honestly don't get yeah out to Columbia County too much, um, other than my restaurants because I'm always working. Right. But, um, <laughs> well, if you ever get a chance, check out Stay Social. Yeah, highly yeah. recommend. I've highly heard recommend. I've heard good things about it. I yes. need to go check it out. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to cap off this episode with Sean White. But first, I want to tell you guys about a really cool program that's coming to Augusta, and that's Deke Copenhaver's The Changemaker Podcast. That's right. Augusta Podcast is releasing our second podcast, and this is owned and produced with Deke Copenhaver. Very exciting stuff. His first episode with Deanna Brown is going to be dropping this coming Monday. We are so excited to be able to finally announce this after working on it for a couple months now already. You guys need to check that out. Type in The Changemaker wherever you get your podcast and let us know how it is. Now we have the fourth restaurant, the fifth restaurant technically because we've got the two farmhouses, but we've got Frog and the Hen. And I'll do a little plug because I'm on the Young <coughs> Professionals Board and Frog and the Hen won uh, Best Brunch uh, in our last voting. And I think actually Kraft and Vine might have won something too. You know, you guys, the the separate brands is good because you can clean up on the awards. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You might win Best Burger, too. But anyways, Frog in the Head, what was the goal? Like, did you just want to do something different? Yeah, I mean, I really wanted, you know, once again, it was just something that I want to eat. You liked it? Yeah, so. What were you missing on the menu? Seriously. The whole because roasted, there's literally everything. <laughs> no, well, the whole roasted chickens, you know. I mean, I do want to eat tacos, but we'll get there later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I wanted a place that, and I saw the need out there for, uh, you know, almost kind of a hip family place and um, a place that you mm-hmm. could and get some really good quality. I'm not going to say fancy. It doesn't have to be fancy to be good. Right. Just some really good quality food. Right. You know? Things done right, chicken brined, and you know, using good good clean ingredients. There's a lot of places you can get fried chicken, but it's not all natural, right? You know? Yeah, so it's not been brined, it's not been taken care of, and I don't know if y'all have had the chicken sandwich out there, but I think it's pretty. Oh yeah, pretty darn good. The na- the Nashville hot one. Yeah, I love it. Given the na- uh, the national chains a little bit of a run for their money. Yeah, I think <laughs> um, one of our social media people when they were going through the chicken wars or whatever she. Put something on there pretty funny. It was like, bless their hearts, you know. <laughs> They're trying. Uh, you guys you guys have a pretty cool brand with that, too. And so let's talk about the brand for a minute of the whole encompassing organization. And then let's talk about the new releases that, that we're... The new releases. We're low-key breaking new some news, right? Yeah. Um, you know, talk about this, like, bigger structure, because I think it's cool to think about in Augusta... You know, people in Craft and Vine, they said, this doesn't feel like Augusta. I, one thing that also doesn't feel like Augusta is like a really big, successful restaurant group that's kind of all over the place and also being creative. Um, how how was that to put together? Can you talk about that a little bit? I think it's well, really I, cool. I, I think I touched on it already. It's not me. It's all the people behind me. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I definitely come up with the ideas, but we collaborate as a team. You know, and um, everybody puts in their two cents worth. And um, that I think that's, in, I, you know, the, looking at it with everybody's views, I think that's part of our success. You know, it's not just single-minded. And um, we've just been super blessed and fortunate to have some awesome people work for us over the years and help us grow. And, um, and now you're growing more. Now we're growing more. Now you're growing more. I keep saying, every, every one I do is like, this is my last one. <laughs> 
I, and they're, they're, it's kind of a running joke now. <laughs> so I'm like these, these next two are my definitely my last two, and everybody's like, uh huh. These next two, I have been <clears throat> talking up to my girlfriend for like six months, just because of how excited I am personally about it, and I've kind of seen a little bit of a preview of the website, but I don't want to put too much out there if we don't want to put it out there. Will you talk to us about these projects? Where Where is it going to be? What are they? What inspired them? What restaurant format is it going to be like? Right. It You have different restaurant formats. You have uh-huh. sit-down order and yeah. you have walk-up order. Um, all right. Well, the, they both will – well, the, one of them will be a hybrid. It'll be okay. walk-up and order during the day and then sit down at night. And that'll, which one is that? That'll be phenomenal. 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 Okay. Yep. Um, and what will that be serving? Well, what, what kind, kind of food? Of name? Uh, I understand. and ramen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but it's not going to be traditional. It's going to okay. be our take on it using southern ingredients. And really, I mean, you may see like a fried chicken ramen bowl or something, oh, which you know what they would call katsu. But we're going to put you know we we'll use collard greens and you know, make mm-hmm. collard green kimchi, and we'll we'll use our ingredients with the with the inspiration. So, and and the the other one is what what's that restaurant going to be called? Taco Cat. Taco Cat. Taco Cat. I'm guessing guessing it's not going to be taco or cat tacos. Nope. No. <laughs> They're hard to come by, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and what what's that format going to be looking like? It's going to be um, kind of a tequila and mezcal themed mm. uh, bar and um, a lot of street tacos which will be very seasonal. I mean, we'll have, you know, one or two things on there that stay the same. Be doing some, uh, you know, grilled wings and um, just killer nachos. Everything will be fresh fried to order. Wow. But if you order chips, you know, it's going to be fried and then brought to you. So it's not going to be sitting around in a bin that people just shovel it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> into a basket. And um, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to both of them. But, you know, everybody loves a good taco. It's yeah. it's it's yep. been a long long time coming. I'm guessing that has a lot to do with you literally gutting the the two entire, locations. Yeah, I mean, entire it, building. Yeah, yeah, so we bought the corner nine ninety broad. That was the old blue sky kitchen. Right. Yeah. And then um yeah, it we basically doubled the size of the kitchen yeah. that was in there and it would have been cheaper to build a new building, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what I was gonna ask because the, the building behind it was a car wash. Yeah. Correct. And so yeah. I'm guessing that was already kind of cleared. To, yeah, it to was. The most. It wasn't too bad. To, there to was that one, kitchen. but we had to cut in all the pipes and right. water, you know, co- concrete. But um, yeah, I, I, there's a couple places I've been to in Colombia, and um, you know, I do a lot of traveling around, catching concerts around the country, and mm-hmm. I love the open air aspect of it. When I saw the building was for sale and the garage doors, I was like, that's what I want to do. I wanna, right. I want to have a place that I can open the doors and give it an inside outside feel right all the time that gives us like a much more visual idea too right. of what to expect like we're going to be able to walk past it on broad street and see people hanging out and drinking tequila and mezcal yep. and i if i understand this correctly the for ramen and the taco cat which is a palindrome in case anybody was sitting there trying to write it out and and uh <laughs> yep. and figure it out um they're are, they're together right they're, they'll be coming out of the same kitchen. Yep. Right. <clears throat> they use a lot of the same ingredients, you know, um, the, both the cuisines do. So I think it'll be a, it'll be challenging, but it'll, you know, it'll be fun. And uh, 
when are they opening? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like the million dollar question. It is. <laughs> when do you want it to open? Uh, you know, probably we'll probably open Phenomenal in August or September. Okay. And then wait a little while and do Taco Cat after that. That's so you don't open them up and then start working on your next restaurant. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. The people are saying, "This is my last one. I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> that might be the name of this episode. It's the yeah. last He's one. He's done, Augusta. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, and and so, are they coming from the same place as the other ones, where you just wanted some ramen and <coughs> some pho, and you just wanted, you know, a lot of tequila? And you just couldn't do all those things. And tacos. And tacos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's not, we're not reinventing the wheel. If you look right. at every other big city, they've got places like what we're doing. Right. Um, you know, we've got some great places to eat fun ramen around Augusta. Yeah. Um, but I, I, we don't have like any fun or modern type places, you know. Right. Phenomenal's interior is going to be quite different. I mean, you're talking about craft and mind yeah. being different, but. When you get in and see Phenomenal, you're going to be like, wow. I have heard that Phenomenal, that the inside of it, and if this is something I'm not allowed to say, please tell me, and I won't say it, uh, or I'll unsay it. Um, I've heard that the inside at night will be potentially a dance club. Um, no, we're not going to have a dance club. It'll be like karaoke. Fake news. Fake yeah. news. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> so it will, but it will be. <clears throat> it will have a very loud and rock and roll Like a bar type vibe, yeah. So got a lot of neon in it. Okay. Yeah, it would be a very, it would be a, it's going to be more of a bar atmosphere, like a okay. fun type. Right. I mean, a lot of your restaurants don't have the, the ability music. to yeah. have live music. Is that, so, or music, really? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you see that being this outlet? Taco Cat. Okay. Taco that'll Cat. Live, yeah, that'll have the live music. Awesome. That's so, so cool. And is that going to be on that? You you created a porch out of the building. Is that where the music's going to be? It'll be, there, there's two different locations in there where we're going to have super music. cool. I mean, y'all totally changed that entire building. Yeah. It took a lot of a lot of work. It's looking good. In the midst of the pandemic, too. Seriously. When was it that you guys decided to open these? Well, Taco Cat about five years ago. Literally. <laughs> and I had I had to do a pop-up at Craft & Vine just to keep my trademark because I had been taking my time with it so long. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of y'all came to that when, when we did that, but... Um, I don't we, think we, I was allowed in Craft and Vine five years ago. I got to do some math on that. Yeah, I hear <laughs> you. Um, but, yeah, I've kind of lost my train of thought of where we were. Uh, the idea. So you've had the Taco Cat idea for over long five time. years. Yeah. When did you start moving to open at that location? About a year and a half ago, I guess. Okay. Two years ago, maybe. I, I think I bought the building about two years ago. Okay. And um, it's... About a year and a half, yeah, and it's just taken a while. I mean, the, the supplies during the pandemic were yeah, tough right. to come by, and construction was a lot slower. And, and honestly, I'm not in a hurry, so just taking my time, taking you your know? time, taking keeping that time. trademark alive. Yeah, <laughs> doing, doing a pop up every once in a while to to keep it rolling. Okay, and it sounds like you know for you the process is very important of this, like doing it right the first time. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, it could take a little bit longer, but if it's right when it happens, that's what's important to you. Yeah. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Yeah. You know, so it kind of comes back to that Disney philosophy, you know. You get people that save and come out, and, um, you know, some people may save a year to go out for a nice dinner. Some people may go out every week. But you got to give everybody the same quality of service and experience. And, um, yeah, I w- this will be number six. 
I guess if you count the Edgefield Grill, number six that I'll, seven that I'll have opened. And I've been a part of two other restaurant openings, and I know you can't be in a hurry. you got to do it right. you know, got to make that first impression count. Yeah, I love it. And and something that's kind of cool, too, is that as the Frog Hollow group has grown and as you've started to produce these things that, you know, don't remind people of Augusta, they remind people of, you know, whatever. The that, city that, has so also you been You say that, but that though. goes against your philosophy no, of I, your podcast. Well, but my point right? to saying that is that all of these other places have started opening, too. We've gotten Whiskey Bar that's open. Yeah, they do a great job. We've gotten Vance's Bakery Bar, who, yep. you know, if you tell people three years ago that that would be downtown, they would be like, no, it wouldn't. They would just tell you that you were wrong. Mm-hmm. Laziza's. Pineapple Lisa, Inc. Pineapple yeah. We've got all of these great places opening around you. How has it been to be a part of this community that, like, really seems to be growing the downtown scene? Like, you guys, the restaurant owners, you guys are growing this downtown scene. Well, that's usually how it happens in most cities. It's the restaurants and bars that revitalize it first, and then the other businesses come in behind it. Um, I guess we're the, we're the ones that are either more of a risk taker or uh, maybe not as bright as the other businesses. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but... It seems to work that way, and <clears throat> I mean, if you look at Atlanta, yeah, you know all the different areas there. Right, usually starts with the restaurants and the bars, and it's been great. I mean, I love downtown community. I love uh, you know all the business owners that are down here are great, and in general, we all support each other. You know, and if somebody's in need, we'll we'll definitely help them out. Right, that, that's and we've we've uh, interviewed other F and B owners, and that's the you've overall... gotten some name drops of people that have said that you've helped them, yes. and that the whole community has helped them. It's really cool to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the beauty of our little big town, right? Right, absolutely. You know, sense of community, and you know, you get that in other cities too. Even Atlanta, the different restaurant communities there are pretty tight knit. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's awesome. So are we are we ready to wrap it up? Yeah. Is I there so. is 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 there anything that you would like to say? Is there anything we didn't touch on? Some shout outs maybe. Right. I would just give a shout out to anybody. It'd be all the staff that helps us uh be the great restaurant group that we are. And they do an excellent job. Seriously. Yeah. And and we haven't even talked about the 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 formal wear of each restaurant oh is different. Yeah. yeah. It is truly and that goes back to Disney. I, in my opinion, every shop is different. It's an experience. It is. And so Craft & Vine, you're going to see guys in suspenders. I love that Cal wears <laughs> suspenders. You're gonna, and oh, fr- yeah. Frog in the Hen, you're going to just, uh, I don't, I can't say off the top of my head what they wear, but it's different yeah. each Well, place. they've actually changed. You know, we started off just letting them wear what they want. Now we've gone to t-shirts and we're perfect. You know, we've, well, as we've gone in, that, the, that restaurant's been evolving too. It, right. Each one does. You know, they all take on their own right. personality. And, and that also opened up fairly close to the pandemic as well so y'all had to make it a did. quick pivot yeah pandemic was fun it was uh <laughs> not a good time being the restaurant business you know we yeah um it was r- it was a rough time having to look my employees in the eye and tell them we had to close down for a while right and have a job you know um but we made it through you know, teamwork Absolutely. and you know, family so that's an understatement to say it was hard too yeah it was it was uh, the restaurant community around the country was hit you know yeah. it's hard hard as any yeah business community i mean how i think it's really impressive that you guys not only have been continuously opening things and building new restaurants and nothing had to close down at least for good you know obviously things had to but that was out of your control 
nothing is closed down for good. I mean, you guys have been able to keep all the restaurants open. Uh, I mean, as far as that goes, I'm curious if you might have some advice for, you know, other business owners out there that maybe in situations or may in the future get into these types of situations? Um, Lord willing that, that we won't have another pandemic. Hopefully but, not this one exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, you just got to do what you got to do. I mean, yeah. you know, when, when the pandemic hit, we, we shut down a couple of them, and I, you know, laid off most of my hourly staff and moved all the, the salary guys. We all, they all pitched in and took a pay cut, you know. And, uh, you know, I had – some of my chefs from Frog Hollow flipping burgers at Farmhouse, and we did takeout, and yeah, you know, started the Heroes for Hospitality Fund, and right, delivered meals to the first responders and nurses, and we just did what we had to do. Different yeah. restaurants, same team. <clears throat> Y'all all worked as a team. Yeah, yep, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, we were basically a big family. We used used to have the Christmas parties or parties out at my house, but it's gotten so <laughs> large now that right. we can't do that anymore. Right. You know. <laughs> So, um, Actually, that brings up a good question. How many employees do you have under the hospitality group? Right now, I think we're sitting at 160. Wow. That's incredible-ish. And that's yeah. another way that you build up your your local economy is, yeah. is you can bring people in, you can give them jobs, and you know these chefs that you have now, they'll probably be the ones opening restaurants in 10, 15 yep. years. A lot of them that have worked for me in the past have opened up restaurants, so... In the area? Yeah. Brandon uh, okay. runs Pineapple. He does a great job over there. Yeah. And I uh, have uh, Nash, Chris, Chris, Najmola. Um, <laughs> he's doing Fuse over in Aiken. And, okay. Um, um, there's probably a few more around, but, you know, uh, that's, that's one of the most rewarding things I can say about my time in the business is just seeing how large our family's grown with, uh, you know, all the employees and that's one of the most more rewarding things is to see their families and, you know, to, to know that you help all, all these people find work and, right. you know, and, you know, and in turn they help us. So, yeah, so definitely. So uh, we're Drop the Disc podcast and we've already heard you talk a little bit about why you love the name, but we're going to hear your answer. We ask every guest on this show um, and uh, we ask him, what does it mean to you to drop the disc from people dissing Augusta. And of course, that's the drop the disc question presented by Trainer Gray. Trainer Gray Media is so professional. Let me tell you from experience, they're so professional. We set up for the Augusta Rocks concert, which went incredible. And this partnership that we have with them, they did our live stream and they showed up hours before, as any professional should do, but they knew exactly what they were doing. They were setting up the camera angles at the right angles, the right place. They even got on a ladder and attached a camera to the ceiling to make sure that they had the best views for this concert for the live stream. Trainer Gray Media is professional. They are the best when it comes to media, and I would look no other place for them. Trainer Gray, check them out, reach out to them, and start business with Trainer Gray. The best way to say it is if someone come up to you and talk negatively about the city anywhere at any time, what would your response be to them? I'd say that they're probably not knowledgeable what our city has to offer. You know, and they don't take advantage of all the great things that we do have here. Um, all our natural resources, our economy, which was pretty much recession proof to a degree. 
I mean, right. Talked about 08 earlier. But Knock on wood, <coughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, their pandemic hit everybody, but yeah. In 08, our area didn't suffer nearly what everywhere else did. I mean, lots of businesses opened in that time. Yeah. Well, you got MCG, you got the bomb plant, you got the cyber. I mean, you've got so many anchors here. You know, F&B. F&B. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's uh, Augusta's great place to live. I've always told people it's not where you are, it's what you make it where you are, you know. And if you want to start seven restaurants, you should do it. That's right. <laughs> if not more, no, yeah. no, keep them going. No, that's my last one. You think you'll ever be at 10? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that's my last one. He's crossing his fingers. I love that. No. Yeah. I love that. Hate that, but love that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got I to gotta stop and smell the roses sometime. You know? That's true. Absolutely. Enjoy your farm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> right. why, that's why I work. I can pay for it. Love it. And and just so people have a cool idea of like what you do at home, you know, your farm, what kind of stuff do you have on your farm? Oh, uh, I mean, I've got all kinds of tractors and toys out there, but it's mainly <laughs> for, it, I don't make any money at it. it it's, uh, you know, it costs me money. It's for pleasure. It's for pleasure. You know, I, I plant some things for me, but a lot, most mostly it's for wildlife. So Love that. just a f- fun farm. That's a really cool way to do that. Yeah. Um, well, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to be here, man. Uh, you you have an incredible story. Um, a lot of people that come on this show, when they answer Chris's last question, they say, uh, you know, if you don't like it, change it. And you have hands-on experience doing that. You've created environments that I think have elevated people's expectations for the city, which I think is fantastic. Uh, and we just want to applaud that. And thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, man. That was fun. Appreciate y'all inviting me. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Drop the Disc podcast recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio. Coming up next week, we have the guys from Savannah River Brewing Company. They're going to preview their upcoming Luau Fest, and we're going to meet the new taproom manager, a new brewer, their new salesperson. We're really excited uh, to learn about the changes in this local business. And speaking of that, here's Chris with Around Augusta talking about some changes in the city. Hey guys, this is Chris from Around Augusta. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's basically where I get to talk about what's coming to the city, maybe some rumors that I've heard, and an opportunity for you to reach out to me and tell me I'm wrong, which is okay, because that's what I'm here for. So, first on the docket, we've got two new restaurants coming in the plaza in Evans. This is very incredible. This is great news because that area is growing. Uh, That area is becoming, in my opinion, and in David's opinion, the Alpharetta of Augusta, Georgia, which is really, really cool. Uh, Always good to hear about business coming there. Also, the Mellow Mushroom downtown. This is fairly old news, but no one's really talking about it. Um, The Mellow Mushroom downtown is actually changing locations. They are actually changing locations to the old 1102 Broad Street building. This is incredible. Why? Yes, it's a little sad that Mellow Mushroom be moving, but they're moving to a larger space, a space where they can do a lot more events in, collaborations with other restaurants and bars downtown. We're really excited about that. And that is all that I have for Around Augusta. See y'all next week.